I have to wait for. This is well, I am relying way too much on technology if this is if this is my day. And uh, I apologize. I, I appreciate your, your grace as we as we kind of work through this, but so I'm going to begin by reading this morning's scripture to remember again that, that Mark read. It's from 1 Peter 1 through 6, and we find these words. It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through, though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. No other translations, we talked about this this morning, use different words, and and they use words like suffer temptations, okay? Not just trials, but temptations. For the purpose of this morning's message, I want to differentiate between tempting and testing and suffering. On the subject of temptation, Scripture says things like we find in the Lord's Prayer, which is Matthew 6 and Luke 11. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation, you've heard this, has overtaken you except what is beyond or what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, some translation use the word testing in these cases, but the use of the word term temptation could indicate that it's our failure in this test that makes it a temptation. But does testing equal suffering all the time? Not necessarily. But both testing and suffering can certainly be considered an inevitable part of life, can't it? It's just a part of the game. Not only is it possible, it is promised. Jesus' own words from John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart, he says. I have overcome the world. Now, why would he say take heart? Other translations use the words like be courageous, be encouraged, have confidence. He says you're gonna have trouble, but be confident, be courageous. Because he adds these two words because there's a message of joy here. He says that he has overcome the world. That means if you're a follower of Christ, then nothing that happens to you escapes God's notice or his control. Not a single thing that you are going through, have gone through, or will go through God is not there. But if God loves us so much, why the suffering of trials? Why the temptations? Why does God allow testing? Well, let's look at what the Bible says. It says God allows these things to happen in order to serve her, his purpose in your life. From Romans 5 through 4, we find these words from the Apostle Paul. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Glory in our sufferings, Wow. But here's why. He says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And this tells us it's a necessary part of our faith building is to suffer sometimes. Acts 14.22 says, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. We suffer, whatever suffering looks like in this particular moment. But, but suffering produces Perseverance. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay, right? We have to keep working at it. Paul refers to many times in the epistles to this notion of perseverance. In his final letter to Timothy, and this is 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
From that verse in Romans, we also saw that suffering produces perseverance and, and perseverance produces character. Now, wouldn't you agree that a, a person of good faith-based character can make Paul's claim about fighting that good fight, about finishing the race, about keeping the faith? Because you're of godly character. And as was revealed that this type of character produces hope. Suffering, perseverance, character, and hope. It's a process. Suffering, perseverance, character, hope. It's a process, and the first step is a necessary one to get you to the end of the race. To grow in a particular area of faith so that we can stand before God and have God himself say, you have fought the good fight. You have finished the race. You have kept the faith despite the loss, despite the trials, despite the temptations. God allows these tests to happen in order to teach us to rely on him. I've shared this with us a, a, a Bible study from a year or two ago. Whereas our father teaches us to walk so at some point they can let go and we can walk our own. God is teaching us more and more to rely on him. 1 Peter 4, 19. Therefore, also those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. It may not be the sole purpose, but God will use these times of testing have us rely on him to entrust our souls to him. Or James 1.12 says, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. You will be blessed. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So let me ask you, in times of trouble, did you call on him? Did you pray in his son's name? Did, in times of abundance, did you give him thanks? Did you share the bounty of your blessing with others? Now, God allows these tests to happen in order that you may affirm your faith. Matthew 13, we find the parable of the sower. And we know this, this is throwing the seeds. And it says, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When a trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. We all have these fair weather things we are, Right? I'm a Royals fan until they start losing, and then I'm, I'm kind of a fan, but you won't catch me watching the games much. I hate to say that. You know, if you don't have a deep-seated investment and, and you don't have roots, when times get tough, and they will get tough, you don't have a lot to rely on. And he's saying this with the seed, with your faith, he goes, get those roots deep. Get it down deep in your soul. So when things happen, when things happen, you will be able to withstand it. It's kind of like our response of reading this morning, that we can build this faith on this foundation laid by Jesus so it can withstand these things. And I think I'd shared the story before. If you guys aren't familiar with Corporate Challenge, uh, and it's been on hold for a couple years now, it's this thing, uh, and, and Kansas City does it, and, and a lot of companies will send athletes. I'm doing that in air quotes, so people listening online understand that we are mostly wannabes or has-beens. In my day, I was a heck of a swimmer. But at Corporate Challenge, when you get up, the rest of the has-been swimmers, we're pretty darn competitive. Um, and, and you compete in everything from darts and all the stuff. And there's all these events, and all the money goes to the Special Olympics. But I remember, and this was several years ago because my son was very young, and we were at the swimming, and I took my kids with me, and we're sitting up in the bleachers, and it wasn't my event yet. And stop picturing this. Um, 
But I remember my son saying, I want to swim over there, which was the pool, you know, with the lanes. It was three to six foot deep, but not over there, which was the diving well. And I said, why, why, why is that, Austin? He goes, that water is so deep. And I said, you know, if you know how to swim, it doesn't matter how deep that water is. And a lot of this with faith is if you know how to swim, remember Nemo, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. You'll get through it. You'll get through it. Also in a previous life, I used to ride my bike a lot. I did. Don't picture that either. Um, but, and I remember one of the first rides I did of any length, you know, and if you had a 10 speed, they don't call them 10 speeds anymore. They're like 18 gears now. And you go and then you, you're on a hill and so you shift and it makes a clunk sound. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I was, they told me, they said, don't, don't do that. It's all about cadence. And there was like 70 revolutions a minute is kind of like the comfortable on a bike. And if you think about that on your ellipticals, that's just a comfortable pace. And most music can be about that. So you're, you're trucking along and you're about to get to this hill. That's when you shift. So that you're always going 70 revolutions a minute. It's just the gear changes. If you wait too long, crunch, 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 and now you're trying to get caught up. It's the same way with faith. And I didn't realize that until I was reading the scripture that, you know, that's a part of the roots. You know, be in the right gear. Keep your cadence. I pray regularly. I read word. I attend church. I, I do the things that he has called me to do. And when time, the tough time comes, what do I do? I shift gears, but I pray daily. I read the word. I go to church, right? And then there's not that clunk, clunk, clunk because you're trying to catch up and it's a lot more work. And some kind of God tests us to, in order to humble us, right? I'm a little humbled this morning. I am, I, you know, because things happen. And if we put too much value in who we are or what we do or why we do it, and it's not a focus on him, when that stuff changes, you get knocked down a little bit. And, and, and God is, is good about that. He holds us accountable. He does. And if you put too much credence in the name on your business card and because you think you're a great person and you lose that job, are you no longer a good person? No, because you weren't defined by that. Don't let the world define you by that. Be humble. And sometimes God allows these tests to happen in order to see how we respond in times of suffering and in times of abundance. And we have this the scripture, the, the, the parable of the five talents. If you want to look at it later, it's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And it's the master who goes and he leaves uh, his, his servants in, in charge of money. And he talks about the one talent, the three talents, and the five talents. And depending on the footnotes of the Bible, you read it. It says that's about a, um, a talent is about 20 years of, of a, a general laborer's wages. It says a day laborer's wages. And if you're curious, I looked it up before, and I did look it up again this week. And in Kansas City, if you're a general laborer, the prevailing wage rate, this is not union. This is the government-assigned rate for public jobs, is about $48.50 times 2,080 hours a year, times 20 years. Some of these guys were, were put in, a, in, in charge of a lot of money. I would call that an abundance. And one of them was very frugal and buried it, thinking that that is, I'll just make sure that it doesn't get spent, it won't grow, it won't lose, I'll just, I've got it, okay? And the other two, they went out and invested and it grew. And the parable was, you know, the, the master came back and said, well done, faithful servant. You've done a lot with a little, I will give you more. In times of abundance, we have an opportunity to be tested as well. Well done, faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. I will give you more. 
What does that look like in your life right now? It may not be money. It may be money. It may be some of these times. It may be some of the callings, some of the missions you feel called to. If you're called to it, am I going to do it? Am I going to go out and I'm going to invest that and reap the reward for my master? And we know the story of Joseph. You know, his brothers beat him, sold him into slavery. And through a whole series of events that started with something so horrible, he was in an opportunity to not only save his family, but to also save his land, his people. Right? And, and, it, and I love this verse, Genesis 20 or 50, 20. It says, you intended to harm me. He's talking to his brothers. But God had intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. It is so hard in those moments of harm, especially when it feels like someone is harming you. Maybe you feel like God is trying to harm you. But on the backside, you can say, but God intended it for good to accomplish his good work. To grow in a particular area of faith sometimes so we can stand before God and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I've used your troubles to do my work. Thank you for your perseverance. Thank you for your faith. And sometimes God used tests to, to refine us. And actually, I had already read that this week, but I had a great conversation uh, the other day with, with Terry talking about silver. And um, let me just tell you about my understanding of precious metals. They make her happy. That's about the end of it. <laughs> But if you look at how silver was refined, because there's a lot of references in scripture to silver, okay? When you heat it, and I mean heat it, heat it, it's, it's 962 degrees Celsius as the melting point. That's 1700 degrees Fahrenheit, hot, hot. And when you heat it, this stuff, this slag comes to the top, they call it dross, and you'll hear about it in scripture in a minute. And, and they basically, in the old times, they would either scrape it off or they would blast it off with a bellow. They would blow it off. Now they use more chemical process. But they have to superheat this thing. I mean, 1,700, 1,800 degrees to burn off or at least to separate the, the bad stuff. And after all the impurities are removed, the silver will radiate. It's pure. It's brilliant. And, and gold's a lot of the same way. And it says, you know, the, the process involves fire and superheating and burning and the close attention of the smith. They have to know, they have to watch, they have to remove. When you're going through this stuff, when you're being refined by this fire that's burning off the crud, burns off the crud, God's right there going, that's just the right amount of heat. Just enough to heat to, to get that off. Now the Old Testament says a lot about this process. That's why I wanted to tell you a little bit about that. Because here's some, a few. And a lot of these, these are the prophets in the Old Testament. Isaiah, Zechariah, uh, Malachi. Um, great stuff. And, and as we get into Advent here in two weeks, we're going to talk about being a godly influence. We're going to look at some of these. And one of my favorite is the story of Daniel. Daniel was a teenager. And um, he, he made quite a bit of influence on, on, on those around him and the king. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. But let's see Isaiah 48.10. says, see, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Or again, Isaiah 125. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross, right? The scum on the top. And remove all your impurities. Zechariah 13.8-9. In the whole land, declares the Lord, two-thirds will be struck down and perished. 
right? Yet one third will be left in. So these are his chosen people. He says, this third I will put into the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, they are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. The third that he selected, he's still gonna put through the fire. Isaiah 43, two brings a little bit of comfort. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will set you ablaze, will not set you ablaze. Okay, we're protected. And, and there's that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's even a kid's song about it, being put in that furnace. And we'll talk about that when we get to Daniel. But in Malachi, the, the prophecy uh, says, I will send my messenger. We know who that is. Who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in days gone by, as in for, former years. If God puts you through a, a fire, number one, he's with you. But number two, he's pulling for you. Years ago, Christian singer Steve Green sang a song, and it's called The Refiner's Fire, and some of the lyrics, lyrics of these, it says, There burns a fire with sacred heat, white hot with holy flame, and all who dare pass through its blaze will not emerge the same. Some as bronze and some as silver, some as gold, then with great skill all are hammered by their sufferings on the anvil of his will. And the psalmist who writes such great songs of joy, praising God, says, For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. I should also mention that your testing may be to serve God's purposes in others' lives, to serve as an example. Put this into action as you share your testimony. 2 Thessalonians 1 4 says, Therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. People watch. People are proud and they're cheering for you. And this whole multitude in heaven that, that we know exists says they're cheering for us. You know, sometimes when we go through an affliction, a test, a trial, a suffering, it softens our hearts towards others. We become compassionate because we, we can relate. And that can help us share a story or it help us to empathize or it can help us to comfort. And that may make you the answer to someone's prayer. You may be going through something horrible and you think, what, what value is in that? But I've seen in this congregation some stories of, of loss that people have turned and said, I've been there and I've survived and here's what I did. And last, you know, sometimes he does this so we can reflect him. You know, when you know, when the, the smith knows that the silver's done, because they can literally see the reflection in this metal, this shiny, glossy metal. That's how you know it's pure. Now I had loaded a video and I'm so disappointed that I, I can't share it. It's called God's Chisel. And uh, I'll, I won't even act it out. 
But it's, it, and I've shown the skit guys before. Some of them are really funny. And it, it's a guy and he's praying to God. He says, make me more like you. Boom, God appears. And he starts chiseling. He's like, ow. He goes, hey, no. He goes, you asked me to make you more like you. I, I've got to take some of this stuff away. Here's a little bit of, of anger. Here's a little bit of frustration. Here's when you, you use my name in vain. And he's, ow, ow. It's actually kind of funny, but there, it's, it's, it's true. And he was arguing with God at points. He's saying, I, I never said that. Goes, you know, are you calling God a liar? And it's kind of a funny little exchange. And, and gosh, I wish I could show it. But, but the thing is this, some of that stuff hurts. And he says, make me more like you. And, and you know, God, why, why do I have to go through this process? And he re- repeats the prayer to him. He says, you asked to be made more like me. You asked to be better and purer. And he said, this is a part of the process. There were a lot of good thoughts and statements in the video and, and several referenced to me. And one of those was, was when he would argue with God. I mean, it, it was amazing. You don't realize the times you try to negotiate with the one who's trying to help you. Boy, we are like kids, aren't we? Let me leave you with just a few points to consider. In this life, you will have troubles. That's a biblical truth. In this life, you will experience temptation. That's also a biblical truth. However, your loving Heavenly Father wants you to experience the blessings that He has in store for you. That's a biblical promise. And your Heavenly Father wants you to spend an eternity with Him. So He created a pathway to your salvation through Jesus Christ. Again, that is a biblical promise. This life will test you. It will test your patience. It will test your resolve, your morals, and your faith. And as with any trust, the purpose isn't to destroy you. It isn't to make you fail. Any teacher will tell you it's to help. The test's purpose is to help you understand what it is you know and what it is you don't know or fully understand yet. So how are we doing? How are you doing with this test? Have you been tested to know that you can trust your perseverance in hard times? Okay. These, are, these are risky prayers. God, make me more like you. Ow, right? God, help me to grow in my faith. Ow. Those, those, there's, some, there's some, that first step can hurt sometimes. Have you been tested to know that you can trust your Christ-like response in times of abundance? Have you been tested to know that your faith is in God is something to be trusted because he is trustworthy, Right? These are good things to discover. Friends, one day each one of us will stand before God and give an account of our lives. You have a good and fair judge, and if you know him, and if he can honestly claim that he knows you too, you have a very powerful advocate in Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that each one of you can claim what is written in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. And he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. We have these in earthly bodies. And he says, we have these treasures and jars of clay that show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And it says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. I had this picture, and I actually was, thought last minute this morning to send it. We've got three dogs and a whole bunch of stepdogs. I don't know what they would be, grand dogs. I don't know. We have, we have too many dogs. We have three dogs, and one of them is Lucy. And Lucy, if, if she was going to be any other animal, would probably be like a manatee. 
she just kind of lo loafs around and floats around and just, she's what, 65, 70 pounds, just a good girl, but it's just there. And then we've got the Chihuahua. That's the one that will let us know when you're around and, and you can kind of pick it up like this, but it's the, it's kind of the bossy one. And then we have, we have Roxy. Roxy is a Chihuahua, which is a real thing. It is a, an adorable little dog. This dog has adopted me and I'm fine with that. But here we have Lucy and I have this picture laying on the couch, okay? So Lucy the manatee is loafing on our couch and on Lucy's back is Dewey and Roxy just laying on top, you know, and Lucy could get upset, could bite their heads off, literally, could, could move them at any time, but she, she stays there and she, every now and then she lets a dog sigh, <sighs> right? She does, it's, it, that's what she does. And she just, you know, that she's not happy about this. Why don't you get up and move? You know, God, Jesus has overcome the world. We've got these little things on our back that we could just knock off if we wanted to. Why do we sit around and sigh and complain instead of getting more comfortable? I have a feeling that Lucy loves it. But sometimes don't we get comfortable with our afflictions, right? If you're having trouble identifying what those things are, if you're having trouble figuring out a way to get them chiseled off, talk to God. Those are risky prayers. I, I pray for you. If you say, God, show me a way to improve, to be more like you, there's gonna be a little discomfort in your lives, but that's okay. It's temporary, and that leads to the perseverance and the character and the faith and the hope. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff, but boy, it's tough. Let's talk about that if you need some support. If you need some accountability to, to identify those things, let's, let's talk or find someone you can. But right now, let's pray. Father God, you, you lead us not into temptation, but sometimes you do allow some testing. And God, regardless of whether it's for our good or for, for someone else's benefit, it is always, always something that you can use for your good. Lord, as we go through these days when we may be tested by something terrible or, or something wonderful, Lord, let us seek you and be refined by the process. Let us learn the lesson that you'd have us learn so that we can receive the blessings that you have intended for us, none the least of which is an eternity in heaven with you. God, soften our hearts for those around us who may be going through a tough time. Let us be encouraging to them. And if we've got a story, if we've been there, if we understand, then give us the strength and the words to be Christ to them. God, we've talked about a lot of risky prayers and this may be an uncomfortable week going forward, but God, change us for the better. Like we talked about not long ago in this very room, the mission field doesn't start out there. It starts right here. Change us and help us change others. God, in your name, we pray to be different and better than we were yesterday and more like you. So whether we're called home tomorrow or, we're, or Jesus comes in our lifetime, Lord, so we can stand before you and you say, good, well done, faithful ser servant. I've trusted you with little and you've done well. And I will trust you with more. So that we can echo Paul's words that we have run the race, we've kept the faith, and now a crown awaits us. Lord, we lift this service up to you and our entire lives we give to you 
make the change within us you need to see. Amen.